Good morning. Hey, friend. I woke up this morning at dark 30 again. Uh, pulled back my curtain and the street light wasn't enough to write under. So I started praying and just thinking about what to talk about today. And I remember that um, before, sometime before in a in an episode, I said that I would talk a little bit about where I'd been and why I was MIA for a while. Well, this is what it is today. Um, where I have been. So have you ever felt like your life was stuck on repeat? Remember that movie Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray where he kept repeating the same day over and over again until he got it right? Okay. Or like you were on a 10-speed bike or better yet, a stationary bike. Uh, you're spinning and spinning, but you're not going anywhere. Well, it has seemed that I have been perpetually in that place, just running and running and never reaching a goal. Or have you ever had a dream where you're running away from something or trying to catch somebody and you're always almost there? <laughs> so anyway, well, I've been in that place for years doing doing just doing, but never really getting done. So, and I've also recognized for years that that's where I was. I mean, like I was there, but then at odd times, non-specific times, I would say, I feel like I'm on a 10 speed bike and I'm just pedaling and pedaling and I'm not getting anywhere. So I was, I was cognizant to where I was, but Every time when I would recognize it and acknowledge it, I would just start all over again. (laughs) Just start running again. Just running and running. Just running and running. Just going around and around. Anyway, um, this time though, some months ago, I stopped long enough to think about what I was doing. Why I kept repeating the cycle. And I realized that I was actually exhausting myself with a lot of stuff that I'm just not supposed to be doing. Um, I mean, it's a lot of stuff. I won't, I'm not going to say too detailed because I don't want anybody to think that that one thing might be something that you're not supposed to be doing, but it's just a lot of stuff that, that I wasn't, that weren't pertinent to my destiny. I'll say that. So, you know, I wanted to know why I saw what was happening, but then I wanted to know, well, what am I really supposed to be doing? Now, you know, we're going to go down a rabbit hole, right? Okay, here we go. Just call me Alice. Anyway, so I realized that I was wasting time and energy in fruitless pursuits, right? Just busy work. Then I started to pray about what I am supposed to do, what my purpose and my destiny really is. So God, being the faithful person that he is, he begins to reaffirm, reaffirm, not tell me or make me aware. I'm talking about repeat himself about, you know, what he had already shown me and said to me. Even before I went on this little hiatus, right, 
or all of these little hiatus <laughs> where I was questioning, well, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? So naturally, I want to know why I keep jumping back into the land of uncertain of uncertainty. And I start to see even in other areas of my life and in other relationships and situations, I start to see how I was I was trying to hide. Remember on the color purple <laughs> when Suge Avery was trying to get Celie to smile and Celie kept covering up her smile. I don't know why I just thought about that. Doesn't have any real relevance. I just thought about that. But anyway, I realized that I was always trying to hide. I'm talking about, listen, we in church. So I joined a new church and I have to tell you about this church. It is absolutely amazing. If you live in the city of Chattanooga, in the state of Tennessee, visit the Citadel of Faith, C-I-T-A-D-E-L of Faith. It is a phenomenal ministry to be a part of. It's under the leadership of Pastor Corey D. Prather um, and Lady Tiffany Prather. I love it. I love it. I love it. And we'll touch on that, you know, old versus new and, you know, how all that panned out and stuff. We'll get to that later. But anyway, I'm in this church and now, I, I may have said this before, but if I didn't, I'm saying it now. I am an intercessor. An intercessor is a person who prays on behalf of other people, not just, it's not just like you pray for somebody. Everybody should pray for somebody, but an intercessor, it is like a commission. It's like, um, um, I'll, it, it'll, it's like, I'll be burdened burdened with um prayer for someone else right so <laughs> talking about hiding right wanting to hide trying to hide I know I'm an intercessor the pastor calls me or asks me to pray <laughs> and I get nervous I'm like oh my god oh my god I gotta go somewhere and pray I have to step away and pray because he's just asked me to pray at the beginning of the service. I'm talking about y'all just don't even know. But anyway, so that kind of hide. I'm finding myself, I'm, I'm realizing that I've always been in a hide mode. Like, ooh, don't look at me. Don't see me. So let's go further down this rabbit hole. I'm thinking about why am I trying to hide? And what am I trying to hide from? And I'm realizing or I'm recalling that there's this, this has been a pattern through my whole life. So I think I shared before about um, experiencing sexual abuse as a child, like molestation from like years between the ages of four and 10 or, or 11, maybe even up to 12 years old, but I was molested by a few different people. And so even in that, even right now in this moment, and I'm sharing that with you, I'm having the thought, don't share that. Don't say that. But you know what? Healing begins at the root of these traumas 
that are trying to strangle the life out of me or us, you know, that are trying to rob us of destiny. Our healing is going to begin at the root of those things. And when we can talk about those things, express those things, deal with those things, allow God and his Holy Spirit to deal with those things in us, healing is right there. And not until we deal with those things, will we find freedom from the trauma. Okay. So anyway, that happened, right? And as I look back on it, I remember how I began at that young age, you know, growing out of that or or um, through that and, and coming out of that, that there began this pattern or this habit of looking for ways to be unnoticed, right? To go unnoticed. Ways to avoid attention. That became my pattern of living. Trying to live below the radar, right? But why? Let's go deeper down the rabbit hole. Well, at first, obviously, at that age, between the ages of 4 and 12, at that age, um... I'm trying to avoid being abused. I'm trying to avoid whatever it is somebody saw in me that said, hey, she's a good target. You know, let me do whatever I'm doing to her. At that age, this is what I'm trying to avoid. Um, so I start to do things I don't know, fake, listen, call me crazy, whatever, laugh or whatever, but I start to fake physical impediments. Like, you know, I'm walking with a limp down the street because I don't, I want somebody to think that I am developmentally disabled so that they won't consider harming me. Right. Um, Hey, you can call it what you, you want to. Uh, I was surrounded by at that time and it's no no knock against anybody, but I was surrounded at that time by adults who were going through life on their own and, and, and life was doing whatever it was doing to them. And they really weren't given the attention that I needed to keep me safe. So I, I was in self-protect mode and that's a whole nother topic. Okay. That, that I've had to be delivered from and deal with in today. Right. So anyway, at that age, I go through that. I don't want to be seen, don't want to be noticed. And I'm I'm looking at this and I'm seeing that even at that age, God is right there pulling me to the forefront, right? So <laughs> at around age 11, I'm, I'm commissioned by um, family and other leaders in the church. Hey, come and direct this choir. Come and lead this choir. Come and lead these songs. Come and do, you know, I'm I'm like, okay, I'm being pulled to the front. And I'm like trying to say, I'm okay right here singing in the background. All right. Okay. So, and it's, you know, so I'm in that, it, that's, that's really a, a tug of war that I see has repeated itself all of my life. Okay. Me trying to hide and God trying to pull me to the forefront. Okay, so let's fast forward. By the time I get to junior high school, it was something else. 
I'm light-skinned, I got long hair, and I am voluptuous. I'm shapely, right? And it seems like any girl who was not my for real friend wanted wanted to be my enemy, right? I'm like, okay, golly, I can't win for losing. Listen, I didn't want all of the boys. I just wanted one, and he didn't even want me. <laughs> so why we got to fight, right? So... That's how that's my high school, or that's my junior high in my high school years. I'm hiding, I'm doubling up on clothes, I'm walking around school in a coat, a long coat, because I don't want nobody to look at me. Because why it just pulls too much attention. Yeah, dude, you cute and all this kind of stuff, but mm, nah, it ain't worth it. All these chicks around here that wanna they wanna fight me because they think I think something. I ain't even got all that to do. Just let me let me do what I came here to do and leave, right? So, um, and yes, God is still pulling me to the forefront at this time because now it's still, you know, now community choirs are, Hey, come and come and be a part of our choir. Come and be a part of our group. Come and, <laughs> Oh, come and speak on our radio broadcast hour, you know, and it's like, Oh my God, please just let me fall back. Right. So by the time I get married, these issues that I have with being accepted and being rejected are so compounded that I'm hiding and I don't even remember why, right? So in the marriage, um, some emo- emotional trauma, right? Uh, from both sides, I don't, we'll talk about that soon, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to give by anybody the impression that everything that happened wrong was all him. It was not, it was a mutual mutual effort to destroy our marriage okay but anyway um in the marriage I find that um the more and more emotional trauma that I go through in the marriage the more I try to distance myself from the husband right um so I don't even try uh, in fact, I think subconsciously I was even trying intentionally to be unattractive. I'm like, I don't take care of my hair. It's always in a ponytail or just all over my head. And, um, I, I dress like, um, <laughs> I dress like I'm an 80 year old woman, you know, shopping in Marshalls and hey, Marshalls has probably stepped up its game by now. But anyway, then it was what it was, but I'm dressing, you know, let's say Kmart clothes and, you know, in the, in the flower tops and the, the pastel bottoms and the loafer type shoes and stuff. I'm not even, I'm not even in, okay, let me share this one incident. He actually, my husband at the time actually purchased some um stiletto like boots for me two pair one pair was white it, they were so pretty and one pair was like camo right gorgeous boots now i love heels i love heels love heels i love shoes y'all did i say i love shoes love shoes he purchased these 
stiletto boots for me and I wouldn't even wear the darn things. I did not, I didn't recognize at the time the path of self-sabotage sabotage that I was on, but that's where I was. But, um, we go through all of that. Like I said, it was emotional traumas coming from both sides and that's where I was in that. And I was really trying to sink into the background. I did not want, I didn't want him to, I didn't want him to want me. I felt there were things that had happened in our relationship. I felt, um, I felt devalued. I felt like, I felt like just a piece of meat to him. I, that's just what I felt. So moving forward, divorce brings a whole other layer to the onion. And I find myself almost terrified of being seen, right? So, you know that nothing happens in our lives in just one area, right? Like like an issue that you have or that we have or whatever. It's never... It's never confined to one area of life. So this is what I'm saying. If I'm the type of person where I'm always late to work, then at home, there's something else like procrastination. Um, I don't get stuff done. Something else. It's not just I'm always late to work. I'm, I'm late to church. I'm late to the movie. I'm late. I'm just late all the time, right? If If that's thing or if um if the thing is lying I don't just lie about one little thing I'm gonna lie about many little things right or if it's um I don't know laziness if I'm lazy in one area I'm gonna be lazy if I'm lazy at home and I don't clean up my room at home when I get to work I'm not cleaning up my desk either you know what I'm saying so what I'm my point is that Things that we deal with, think those little idiosyncrasies that we deal with, those things that we deal with like that, they play out in every area of life, not just one area, right? So if I'm at home and I'm trying not to be seen, I'm at work trying not to be seen. I don't want to outshine nobody. I don't want to do my best because I don't want to be bothered. I just want to come in here. I want to do just enough. I don't really want to give of myself. I really don't want to show my genius. I just want to come in. I just want to do this. Get down and go home. Right? And on the flip side of that coin, if I am rocking it at work, then I'm trying to rock it at home. But what's happening for me is I'm trying to rock it at home and I'm trying to rock it now at this point, you know, pre-divorce, right? I mean, immediately pre-divorce, right before divorce. I'm trying to rock it at home and I'm trying to rock it in the church, but I'm getting all this negative feedback. She thinks this and and I don't like the way she said that. It made me feel this. And, oh, she, you know, she makes me feel like I'm not good enough. And, you know, 
all this kind of stuff. And so then it, it, it rocks the boat, you know, on every side. It rocks it on every side. So what I found is every time I would start or even try to start something, that anxiety would kick in. And I would pause. I would just pause. I would retreat, actually. Literally turn around and go the other way. But this last time, and this is up to, this is up to, (laughs) this is up to, let's say, August. Nope. September. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is up to September this year. 2023. This time I paused and I started to realize that I've actually been hiding, right? Now, (laughs) it may seem weird and it does saying it out loud, but I was hiding, but I didn't realize I was trying to hide, right? This time I did. So, What am I trying to hide from? And I see that I'm trying to hide from being me. I've been, I've been hiding. Trying to avoid what people think about me. And and really not even what they actually think about me, but what they think I think about me. (laughs) You know how people are like, you know, well, she think, she think this and she think blah, 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 blah. Um, and I started, when I looked at it, I'm like, no, I don't, you know, well, she thinks she can sing. She thinks she's better than, no, no, I don't. I, I actually don't think I can sing. I, I actually question sometimes why people keep asking me to sing, but you know, I don't think that, you know, but, but it is what it is. You know, so she thinks she, she thinks she better than, no, no, I don't think that. No, I don't. No, I don't think that at all. Um, and what I realized is that I've been, I've been dumbing myself down for so long just so that the people around me could feel better about themselves. And I started to see it's not me with the low self-esteem, it's them. It wasn't me with a high opinion of myself. It's them with a low opinion of themselves. And I'm like, do I even... Y'all, you don't even understand how I don't even be caring about what people have going on half the time. I mean, I want good for people. I want to see people do well. I want to see people live well, have more, have better, be better, grow, be great. You know what I'm saying? I am, I will be anybody's biggest cheerleader. I promise. I promise. I don't even be thinking, listen, I'm my own competition. I ain't trying to be better than nobody but me. I'm just not. But I spend so much time trying not to be who I am. So much time trying to live in obscurity, trying to not be noticed, right? 
So when I started to look at every time I would look now, here's, here's a, here's a, it's almost oxymoronic, right? It's almost like an oxymoron. I start the podcast and I'm thinking, I want the podcast to grow and I really want people to hear what I'm saying and blah, blah, blah. I want to help somebody, da, 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 da. And I see the podcast growing and I back away. Yeah. Yeah. You heard you heard me right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to grow. I start seeing growth and I back up. Right. I have said for so many years now, I welcome the fortune, but you can keep the fame. <laughs> so how did I come out? of this perpetual cycle of spinning and spinning and spinning and and I know that was redundant perpetual and cycle but anyway how did I come out of this forever gaining knowledge and never understanding Forever doing and never being done. Forever beginning, never accomplishing. How did I step out of it? Well, today is day one. I'm walking out of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I kept asking why. Why does this keep happening? That was my first question. Why does this keep happening? And God started to show me that I was hiding. And he told me years ago, oh my God, like in 2000, maybe six, I didn't call you to be in the background. And he said it in front of so many people through his prophet. But he said this, okay, that sounds crazy, right? I'm still trying to hide because I'm like, you couldn't tell me that in private. No, no, Negro. I'm trying to call you out. Okay. But he said it so many years ago. I didn't call you to be in the background. And the background is where I have been trying to remain. What I was finding, though, that was bringing on a lot of frustration is that the the harder I tried to stay in the background, the harder things became. The more frustrated I was, the more irritated I was, the more angry, the more anger I had. Um, I held on to the the harder it was to forgive and let go of stuff, the harder it was to move forward. I was fighting against, oh my gosh, fighting against what God was trying to do, which was call me forward to work in me what he needed to work in me. I mean, I didn't mind him working. Do what you want to do in me, God, you know, cleanse me, clean me up, heal me, heal me, set me free, deliver me, help me. That's all fine and good. I'm here for it. But just don't call me out of this background. I'm all right back here in the shadow. And he's like, no. And I'm like, please. And he's like, no. So, why? Then I said, why don't I want to be seen or noticed? And he began to deal with that. And I just shared all of that. And it's been a history of trying to hide and why I was trying to hide. And um, 
Every time God shows me the truth of it, I acknowledge it. Friend, that's how I came through in everything that has happened in my life in the last three years since 2019. This is how I am growing by leaps and bounds and getting better and better and and maturing in God. This is how, because when he shows me what it is, I don't rebut. I don't deny. I don't refute. I don't negate. Hey, that's it. Then help me. I ask him to help me. That's it. That's it. And he does. He helps me. This is how I'm talking about. So we've had a few, we've had several deaths. Okay. Last year, 2022, 2022, it was a year and it was literally riddled with death in my family one person after another over the course of eight months the eighth month august august ended the death for that year in our family and the only way i was able to encourage the people closer to the loved ones that died, the ones that were closer than I was to them, is by reflecting on what I went through. It was not a physical death to, to as, as in a person dying, but when I lost my marriage and my family was destroyed, what what I, my my what what I knew or what I valued as my family husband, wife, children, when that was destroyed, that was traumatic for me. Everybody, you know, whatever, people feel what they feel. Somebody may feel different about their situation or whatever, but I'm talking about me. That was traumatic for me, very traumatic for me. And that trauma was ground zero for the growth and the maturity that I experienced in God. He, and it was because when he showed me things, I didn't, I didn't, now I'm not, he he showed me some things sometimes. He showed me things that were very hard truths to deal with. Very hard truths. He showed, he talked to me about submission. (laughs) <laughs> you know, about you wouldn't submit to him. You know, some those things I had to, I had to, I had to swallow those pills, but I swallowed them. That's the point. That's the point. However hard, however harsh, whatever the case, I swallowed the pills. I dealt with the truth. I took that blow and I dealt with it and he picked me up. Every time he picked me right back up and we will move forward. And I, I remember, I remember saying to my, my ex-husband, I remember saying to him before we, before the divorce was actually final, will you please just go ahead and sign off? Because it's like stuff is coming in waves. Every wave was more, was something else, some, some, some 
more information about what was really going on behind the scenes or or something else. You know, everything, every it came in waves and every wave knocked me out. And I begged him, please, 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 please help me help the judge make this be over, you know, because it was, it was, it was just, it was a lot. That was my trauma. That was a death for me. That was the death of something that I cherished. And it was ground zero for every time God showed me where I played a part, where I was wrong, where I messed up in that, where fault was mine. Every time he showed me, I acknowledged it. And I asked him to help me because I didn't want to stay there. That's how I came out of it. And that's how I came out of this. Help me. Show me and help me because I don't want to stay there. I don't want to stay here. I don't want to keep repeating the same thing over and over. And I don't want to keep spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and never getting anywhere. Never getting anywhere. Anybody ever been on a 10-speed bike? And you know how you can put it in one gear where you just spin real. You can just spin and that chain just never really pulls, <laughs> never really pulls that back wheel like it does if you put it in a harder gear. That's how I felt. I felt like that for so many years. I'm like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to keep doing that. And he showed me. And when he showed me, I said, oh, okay. All right, he didn't help me. He said, Timmy, you're still trying to hide. You're still trying to hide. You're still trying to be obscure. You're still trying to stay in the shadow. And that's not where I'm calling you to be. Okay, help me then. Because in the forefront, it's not where I, where I'm, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say I don't want to be there. I want to be where he wants me to be, but it, I have not wanted to be there, right? So, anywho, friends, this is day one, and I'm going to keep walking it out. I'm coming. I'm coming out. <laughs> anyway. So this is me stepping out and, and committing to it, committing to it, committing to it, committing to it. <laughs> I'm committing to it. I want to pray right here. Father, I thank you in Jesus name for all that you've done and all that you do, all that you're doing. Father, I thank you for what you've done in me. And I thank you, Father, you said that this is for what is in me is for the nation. So, Father, I pray for those who are listening here. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, that they will be um, encouraged, enlightened, enlightened in some way, Father, to um, seek you in even a greater capacity, Father, to begin to hear you and understand what it is you're saying to them, for them, Father, and about them. Father, I pray that their heart is encouraged, Father, to be who you have called them to be, Father. I pray that you would begin to lift them up, Father. Change their heart, their outlook, their perspective, and their minds, just as you have done for me. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you and amen. And I just want to say before I close, you can follow me on Instagram at Remnant Nation Worship. You can check out the website at um, a remnantnation.com or it, as 
usualsingwithme.com. I love, I love to hear from you. Um, I would welcome your feedback and any questions or concerns and just comments that you may want to share. Until we meet again, make today a great day.